Live from the Old Church Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's special Valentine's Day show, Kiss and Tell. May the narrative be with you. I was in my mid-twenties when I started having a lot of friends who got married, all in a row. And I went and complained to my mother about this. I said, what is going on? Everybody is getting married. And I can't seem to find a date. My mom said, well, don't worry. This is the marriage phase. It'll change. You'll get the divorce phase soon enough. <laughs> but I said, mom, really, there's, it's a problem because you know I can't seem to find anybody that I want to date. And I don't even really know exactly what I'm looking for in a relationship. And she said, well, you know, Beth, think a little bit about the people that have worked so far, the relationships that you've had so far. Your first boyfriend in college, he was just a good guy. He's sweet, really nice. Everybody liked him. He was a good friend to people. You need somebody who's sweet. And your second one, right when you got out of college, you dated somebody who was definitely offbeat. He was not your normal person. He kind of had a, went to his own drummer, you know? I think you need somebody who's like that, who's a little offbeat, who goes to his own drummer. You need somebody quirky. And then, you know, you dated somebody right after that, and he was just smart. Smart guy, really sharp. I think you need someone smart. So I, um, I was in graduate school in the time, uh, my first few years in a PhD program to be a sociologist. I wanted to be a professor of sociology. And so um, I'm there, and I'm looking for somebody who is sweet, quirky, and smart. And I quickly realize I need to add a fourth category to this, which is that I really need sexy, too. <laughs> I need some sexy, that's for sure. So I keep looking, and I keep trying to find somebody that meets these four categories, and quickly I am subsumed by graduate school, which if you have known anybody who's in a PhD program, I apologize in advance for that. We're pretty awful sometimes to be around. Um, <laughs> by the time you sort of get to the end and you're finishing your, your dissertation, at least I was you know, self-absorbed, a little annoying, anxious all the time, constantly trying to make everything work. And I was, at the time, um, I, I joked that I was dating my dissertation, because that seemed like a you know, good way to put it. I was dating my dissertation, my research. Um, so I was finishing uh, my, my degree, and I was working on my dissertation, and I was just exhausted. But I was looking down the, the pipe to getting a job and having the, the job at the end of it. And so I thought, well, um, I, I've just got to finish all this. I just don't, I just want to get some job so that I'm not broke and I would like to not live in a cardboard box on the side of the freeway. That would be my ideal. And, um, and I'm finishing my dissertation and I'm, I'm spewing all this anxiety to a friend of mine who's not an academic at all. And she said, you know, Beth, you need to do something totally offbeat, totally weird. You need to go talk to my friend who's a psychic. <laughs> and I... <laughs> I was like, well, I would like to know at least that I'm not going to be in a cardboard box, so like, why not, right? I'm a social scientist, maybe it works, maybe, it, maybe it's something that is true, I have no idea. So um, she said, well, I, I know this person in recovery, she's in recovery, and she said, I, I know this person and, and I can, you can call them up and they'll, um, and they'll talk to you and you can, you can do a psychic reading. She's done one for me and it's great. 
So I call this woman, um, we make an appointment, and I call her, and she's, <laughs> I don't know what she looks like, but I imagine she's got like a dirty blonde ponytail and like a cigarette in her hand, because she's got, got that smoker's like rasp. And she's on the phone with me, and she says, uh, so before we start, I need to talk with my higher power. So she sort of mutters to herself, it's a prayer, but it's a muttering to herself, may this be, may this be accurate, may this be helpful, may this be useful for this person, and thank you, God, and uh, da, da, da. So this is clearly not about me. And then she just launches right into it. She says, you're dating someone right now. And then she describes them physically and she says, stop doing that. You need to stop dating that person. That's not going to work. And then um, the next thing is uh, you're, you're, you're going to get a job. Um, the funny thing is you're going to get a job, but you're not going to start it for a while. I don't know why that's the case. But um, you're going to start a job and it's going to be in a place where there's lots of green trees and um, it'll be Pennsylvania. Yeah, I was living in California at the time. It'll be in Pennsylvania. I didn't know anybody in Pennsylvania. Who would think that I would go to Pennsylvania? But all right. And then she says, and, and there's people walking around, and there's a lot of books everywhere. Um, are, you a, are you a librarian? I see a lot of books. <laughs> there's bookshelves. There's... I'm not really sure, I don't know what's going on, but there's people walking around, and maybe you're a teacher, but there's no children. Um, okay, well, it's something like that, so you'll get that job. Oh, and then in August, you'll get, um, you'll meet somebody, and it's gonna be somebody who's gonna be your partner. And um, he's gonna be uh, somebody with a goatee, and he looks kinda like that guy in Entourage. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never seen this show before in my life. Um, but okay. Uh, so she says, and he's got like kind of fierce eyebrows and a goatee. So look for that. <laughs> so I end the relationship with, uh, um, with the first guy. It didn't take a psychic for that one. That was over. It's fine. <laughs> And then I start applying for academic jobs. And if you've never seen someone apply for academic jobs, there's a stack that you have to send to each university that you apply for with all kinds of information. And I was printing out sheets of paper and making up these little packets. And by the time I was done, I had done 60. That's six zero of these packets. Exhausted myself while also trying to do my dissertation. Because I was convinced I needed to have some job. I had to do something. So I put those out there, and it's maybe September at this time, and I'm writing my dissertation, and I get a phone call, and it turns out I've got an interview, and it's in Pennsylvania. <laughs> and it turns out I take the job, and the job doesn't start for another six or seven months. So that's two for three that this psychic is batting at the moment. <laughs> So I start to think, well, August is coming up. <laughs> but I have a lot of shit to do. So I, I get a bunch of shit done, right? I do my dissertation, I finish things up, I go do some talks on my, my dissertation, I do all these things, and I move all of my stuff all the way across the country from California to Pennsylvania and get my stuff moved into this three-bedroom, two-bathroom house, which is massively huge. I do not have enough furniture for this house, but it's the only house I can find. So it is just, I'm knocking around in it. There's like rooms that don't have any furniture at all in them. They're just rooms with nothing in them. 
So I move in, but I'm like, I'm excited. It's July, and I get all kind of perked up, and I'm excited. And then August comes around, and I get some cute dresses and go to events, and I start thinking, like, this is going to be good. And August goes by, and I'm in about the third week of August, and there's this big party that is right for the beginning of the semester. And so I, um, I go to this party, and I, I wear this really cute little, like, blue and white dress, and I do my hair nice, and I've got some sandals. And I walk into this party, and I have worn the wrong outfit. This is professors. They're all wearing schlubby t-shirts and shorts. And so I think, okay, well, it's all right. It's all right. I recover. I got it. I'm just going to look cute. That's all right. I'll look cute. And I go and I start walking around and talking to people that I know and chatting with folks. And I end up next to a woman who has started at the same time as I have. And she introduces me to somebody I've never met before who's a part of her church and introduces me to another person that she knows who has a kid who's in the same grade as hers, and then introduces me to another person that her partner knows. And then her partner comes over and hands her a glass of wine, and she says, thanks, honey. I walk back to my house alone. I didn't meet anybody at that party. A few days later, August is over. I think it can be hard to explain what loneliness looks like and feels like. I think those stories where you build yourself up and you're so excited, and I think, ah, oh, this is going to be it. But I thought, you know, maybe the psychic was wrong. Maybe it's just a couple of months off. And so I think, I will go for it, and I'm going to put my name in, and I'm going to start looking for somebody. And so I go online dating, and I start doing some dates. And I date a doctor who we date a few times, and I think this isn't going to work. And I say no to him, and he starts calling me names. Not nice. Not sweet. Then I go out on a date with a very nice man who is very conventional, as far from quirky as you could be. He thought that my um, interest, or that I liked gelato, was pretty exotic. Um, <laughs> like a polo shirt and chinos, and anyway. Um, I went out on a date with a man who, um, ten, for the first 10 minutes, uh, he tried to impress me with his intelligence because I had a PhD and he needed to make sure I knew he was intelligent. So he spent the first 10 minutes writing out econometric models so I knew exactly how smart he was. That didn't work out. <laughs> and then I had a date with a man who was lovely in so many ways, and I had a couple dates and brought him back to my house and this new couch that I had just installed, so I had some furniture in one of the rooms. And I um, sit down on the couch, and um, I lean over to kiss him, and it's like kissing cardboard. <laughs> He's not there. And as he leaves my house, I just think, God, this sucks. This sucks. All this dating sucks, right? I didn't find anyone that year, or the year after, or the year after that. There was no person with a goatee and fierce eyebrows. <laughs> or maybe there was, and I just didn't meet them. I have no idea. 
But, you know, here's the thing. I, um, my, the psychic was wrong, but my mom was absolutely right, <laughs> which is that there's a marriage phase and there's a divorce phase. <laughs> so a number of my friends all clumped together their divorces, and I started getting phone calls instantly from people who now had a lot of time on their hands to come talk to me about how their life was. And what was so interesting about this is that I had spent so many years figuring out what it was like to go through that time when you have like a whole weekend in front of you and you don't have anything planned. Or an evening where, you know, you just have to either work or like deal with yourself. Or when you have problems and you're just thinking, God, I wish there was somebody to just talk to about this problem. And you have to call up your brother, who is lovely by the way, but still my brother, right? <laughs> So now all of a sudden these people who are divorced are starting to understand what it's like to be someone who is single, who has to sort of figure out how to get somebody over to hold the ladder while you walk up it. And um, I remember one conversation with one friend who was talking about it and I said, you know, it must be hard to feel lonely again. And she said, you know, here's the thing. I felt lonely in my relationship. And it had not dawned on me, it had not occurred to me that there was a difference between being alone and being lonely, right? And I had thought they were the same thing, but the truth is that actually I really like being alone. I'm good at it now, and I like my own company. I'm a pretty damn good date. <laughs> so, you know, I started to realize that actually the truth is that, you know, loneliness is a condition, but it's also true that it can exist whether you're with people or not. I am lucky enough now, many years later, um, to be dating someone I consider to be sweet, quirky, smart, and sexy. It's great! <laughs> but I will say, the other part that's been pretty magical is to realize that I'm actually those things too. <laughs> I'm pretty good to my friends and to my family. I'm kind of quirky. I got my quirks, man. <laughs> I'm smart. That's the way it is. <laughs> and goddammit, I'm sexy, too. <laughs>